the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good Sunday evening, family. Ron Geyer, End Time Insights, talking about Matthew chapter 24. Finishing up, thank you, Lord. It's been a good 12 weeks. This is week number 12. Next week will be 13, and I will be finished. And once again, a quick overview. Matthew 24 is Jesus answering the disciples' questions about, what do you mean you're going to tear the temple down? And when are you coming back, and what will be the signs of your return? And So Jesus talks to them, and he tells them what it's going to look like. He he actually walks them right through the tribulation. And as we get into the verse 40s and so on, he is preparing them, warning them, warning us for what's going to be happening when he comes back, what the earth is going to look like, as in the days of Noah. The sun's no longer shining. The moon is not reflecting the light of the sun. It is cold. It is dark. It is dreary. Satan has this world just as he wants it. But the Lord Jesus comes back and he's going to destroy the evil one with the hallelujah sword of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. Wonderful times. So we're up to verse 40 and 41. And this is, many people thought these verses were talking about the rapture where the Lord removes his church before the wrath of God is released upon on the earth. And yet these are not rapture verses. These are talking about the angels returning and doing the reaping for the Lord, separating the ungodly from the godly. Verse 40 and 41. Then, don't forget, we've just had the tribulation. The tribulation is over. Jesus is back on the earth. Then shall two be in the field. One shall be taken and the other left behind. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other one left. And so this compares favorably with what happened in Noah's day. In Noah's day, the righteous were taken to a place of safety, right? The eight people, they went into the ark and the remaining people on the earth, they were sent to eternal justice, eternal Punishment, actually, a little bit stronger than justice there. So once again, at Christ's return, the righteous will be taken to a place of safety. Entrance into the millennial reign of Christ, actually, thank you, Lord, while the wicked will be taken away to eternal judgment. Like I said, this verse has been misconstrued as a rapture verse for as long as I can remember. But remembering that in Bible interpretation, context is king. You just don't pull scriptures out of context and associate them with other scriptures that may sound the same. That's not how it works. Okay, Jesus is talking about his return. He's talking about the tribulation. He's just gotten through the tribulation. And then he says, after or then. And so this is what's going to be happening. And the verse that we talked about was in Matthew. Let's see, Matthew chapter 13, verse 39. 
He's talking about the angels coming back. The enemy that sowed the tares is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. So here we see the angels doing their job, separating the ungodly from the godly. But unlike with the rapture of the church, the angels here take away the wicked ones and they leave the righteous. At the rapture of the church, the Lord takes the righteous, but leaves those that don't know him yet, because there's still hope for them during the tribulation period. So let's see, this verse has been misconstrued, thinking it's a rapture verse, and actually it's not. Uh, Jesus is teaching, it's been chronologically correct, it's been in order, he's not jumping all around the place, and now it's coming to the glorious conclusion, which details his return. Here is one final description of what awaits for those who both reject his lordship and those who also acknowledge his lordship. Furthermore, the word for what's going on here is, see if I can say it, paralambano. And Thomas Constable writes about the word for taken, paralambano. Some interpreters have made a case for this being a reference to the rapture because Jesus actually used this word the same time when he talks about the rapture in two different occasions. He uses it then for the rapture and he uses it here for taken but and people get thrown off they think it only means at one time but depending on where it's used in the context that it's used in okay the verb is actually arrow a-i-r-o in matthew 24 but here he uses paralambano which also means taken and the argument is that paralambano is a word that describes jesus taking to his own self him to his own self as in the rapture However, it also occurs in a bad sense in Matthew, and that's what we're referencing here, also occurs in a bad sense in John 19. So just because Jesus uses the word one way in one scripture doesn't mean it has to be taken the same way in every scripture. That's the point we're trying to make. Charles Ryrie, another commentator, the ones taken will be taken to judgment and to death here in Matthew 24, 40, and 41. That's the bad news. They will be taken in judgment to death. The ones left will be left to enter the blessings of the millennial kingdom. I am looking forward to that already. I'm excited. I know what we're going to be doing. I know we're going to be shepherding people. There's another verse. I don't have it in front of me, but it talks about we will be shepherding them. It doesn't use the word shepherd. It uses another word. What is it? I think where we're called kings and priests. But the implication is that the church will be shepherding those on the earth during the thousand-year reign of Christ. It's going to be a wonderful time. Truth be told, I'm shepherding people now. I'm like an under-shepherd. I'm not a pastor. I'm just a Bible teacher. But we've got a group of 20 or 30 people that attend our Bible studies and stuff, and we have a great time. It's a, what is it, like a home church in a sense, except we don't collect people's money from them. It's not my business. Hallelujah. So Matthew 13, 49, and 50, so shall be... At the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and they shall sever the wicked from among the just and they shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and the gnashing of teeth. Jesus describes his returning, the manner, the style and the when to his disciples. Next will come a final warning. This warning comes with a key aspect to it. Those who wish to escape the judgment of God must be watching. Verse 42. Watch, therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. This watching, you know, it's not just uh, sitting on the fence, sitting on the stoop, kind of watching out your front window. It's not just a watching where you notice something, you're aware of what's happening, uh, what's going on. It's a watching that not only demands attentiveness, 
but it demands action as well. You are watching because something is demanded of you prior to what you're watching for. Jesus said you must be born again. This is the what behind the must. If what one is watching for comes and one is not ready, they will spend eternity apart from God and his children in hell. You know, I'm a big proponent. I'm a big fan. I think we need to talk about the return of Christ at every Sunday service. I think we need to let the people know what we're expecting, what we're waiting for, what we're looking forward to. We are looking forward to the return of Christ. Now, I know it's been 2,000 years, and I know many of you guys are burnt out. I know, was it Look Magazine years ago? He's not really coming back, right? And the Bible says people would talk like that. But you must know that the words of Christ are eternally correct. They will never change. Not one tittle will change. Not one word will ever fail. If Jesus said he's coming back, you can take it to the bank that he is coming back. And we need to be watching for that. And today, at this late date, with all the signs in play, I would definitely be talking about it as often as possible. Let's see, Matthew, we talked about Matthew where the angels will be doing the reaping as Christ is coming back. And now we know that we are watching for his return. We are ready for it. He says, I'm here. I'm at the door. And this is what's behind it. If that one who is watching for, we're watching for Jesus, and one of us is not ready, we will spend eternity apart from him. Therefore, Jesus Therefore, you must be ready. My announcer talks about that on the radio all the time, announcing our show. You must be ready. Like Jesus says, everything I said prior to this, that's the therefore. Because of all that I've said, you must be watching. Why should they watch? Why should we watch? Because we don't know when. We know not the hour. We don't know exactly when he's coming back. This is a command not to fall asleep spiritually. Remember, Jesus knows what the world's climate will look like at his return. He knows the world has descended into a spiritual darkness that demands his return. He wouldn't be a just God if he didn't return. And yes, he's coming to judge. This is when he condemns the sinner. Remember, he said, I didn't come to condemn mankind. I didn't come to condemn the world right now. I came that the world through me might be saved. Awesome. Fabulous. That's what's been going on the last 2,000 years. That doesn't mean he's never going to judge us. That doesn't mean we're not going to be condemned if we rejected him. All it means is that when he came 2,000 years ago, that was not the time for judgment. That was the time for grace. Well, when he returns, the time for grace is over and the time for eternal judgment begins. It's that simple. Let's see. This is a command for the church not to fall asleep spiritually. Remember, he's aware of the climate. He actually comes back into a dark pit. Don't forget, hell has been released on the earth. There's dead bodies Everywhere, I think there's going to be roughly two to three billion people who die during the seven-year tribulation period. Jesus, he knows about the apostasy. He knows that people are rejecting him. He knows about the Antichrist. He knows about the tribulation. Therefore, the warning, do not fall asleep. I don't see how anybody could fall asleep during this. I, I don't know how anybody's going to be getting any sleep. You know, I'm sure there are bombs going off. I'm sure there are animals, wild animals are on the earth. The demon army has been stinging people for five months. There's pain. Mankind wishes he could die, but he can't. This is not a pleasant place he returns to. He returns to a a world that is full of chaos, demonic activity. Therefore, the warning, do not fall asleep. Do not be complacent. Do not compromise or try to fit in to the world and what's going on. The world will try to control you. It does that through appeal carnal appetites that it tries to satisfy mankind, and it does that through deception, seduction. Now, 
then it will be by force and coercion. You have an option now whether you're going to believe the lies or not, whether you're conforming, are you getting the vaccine, right? Are you not talking about God? There was an article in the paper, Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, you know Deion Sanders. He used to be a pro football player, I think, for Dallas. Great football player. Christian, our brother in Christ. Well, now he's the coach of a the Colorado football team, Colorado University, and he prays before his practice and stuff. And so uh, the world, the leadership doesn't like it. So he was reported to the leadership. And so they say, okay, well, you got to go to this uh, sensitivity training. (laughs) So they're making Deion Sanders go to sensitivity training where they can teach him how not to pray. They want him to be sensitive to the devils. I can just see him going to the meeting. Okay, well, let's start this meeting off with prayer. Hallelujah. The men of God, they are fearless. Hallelujah. We pray grace over Brother Sanders in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. A.T. Robertson describing Keep Awake. Be on the watch, therefore, because of the uncertainty of the time of the second coming. Jesus gives a half dozen parables to enforce the point of this exhortation. You've got the master of the house, the faithful servant, the evil servants, the ten virgins, the talents. You've got the sheep and the goats where Jesus constantly talks about the difference between God's children and the enemy's children. He explains, therefore, bases the command to stay awake on the already stated impossibility of knowing the day and the hour of the Son of Man's coming. And I think that's great, you know, because every generation has the expectancy that Christ is returning. However, we've got a whole bunch more manifestations that tell us how near it is. We've got the rebirth of Israel, May 14th, 1948. We've got apostasy in the earth. We've got lawlessness. Lawlessness has been in the earth everywhere and lawlessness except America. But now lawlessness has taken over America. And lawlessness isn't disobeying God's commands. It's writing laws that contradict God's commands, making abortion legal, gay marriage pedophilia, uh, homosexuality. I mean, all of these things, basically, there are a lot of them are sexual in nature. They point to the lawlessness where man no longer has control over his desires. He's like an animal. Uh, God has taken his hand off and man is allowed to go wherever he wants to go and where he is going, straight to hell. He is going, rejecting God full bore. So my opinion, you know, uh, You don't know when the Lord is coming, but for me, the way I look at it, also, we should take that, you don't know when he's coming, therefore, be watchful. I think we should up that, make that, uh, bring it to a higher standard. Yes, we want to be ready, and we want to be obedient. Yes, Jesus uses the mystery of his return as an impetus for us to keep alert. And yes, I'm sure we all need that at times. But if we would just live our lives in the expectation that he is coming, he's not coming at any time, he's coming Every time. Yes, he's coming today. Yes, he's coming tomorrow. Yes, he's coming now. That's how I live because I don't want to be caught off guard. I want to be ready. If we live our lives in daily expectant hope of his return, we won't be taken unawares. Verse 43, but know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have allowed his house to be broken up. And of course, Jesus reiterates this one more time, the warning, uh, by using the analogy of guarding one's home, guarding one's home against theft. In this case, though we are guarding our souls, right? We're not guarding our homes. We're guarding our souls. Hallelujah. A much more priceless commodity. Plus, there is no recourse for a failed assignment. This is a one-time only event whereby your soul either survives or is eternally lost. 
I believe the reason the Father doesn't say when Jesus is coming is because he wants us, all of us, every person in every generation, to be expectantly watching. I believe that is the hope of the Bible. Verse 44, therefore, be ye also ready for in such an hour as you think not the son of man cometh. That's when he's coming, guys. Jesus makes this an eternal call to every Bible reader throughout time. Because of everything I've said is what Jesus says. Because of everything I've said, therefore, you also be ready. Don't be lazy. Don't get sidetracked. He makes this a personal appeal to each of us. His return will, for the most part, take us by surprise, even though we are watching vigilantly. The watching that Christ wants, it's not sitting at the window and looking out to see him approach, but diligence in all duty. Basically, the next verse is going to explain it a little bit better. Let's see. Who then is a faithful and wise servant? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Mine's up. I am, amen, Karen. I am a faithful and a wise servant whom his Lord has made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. The emphasis in the preceding illustrations in Matthew uh, 24, verses 37 through 44, they have been on maintaining a state of alertness regarding Christ's return at an unknown day and hour. Now it shifts the emphasis so that in Matthew 24, the next few verses, 45, 46, and 47, he focuses on the importance of how we are to live in light of his imminent return. He describes in the meantime... That means living or how we are to live faithfully and sensibly as we wait for his return. Jesus is going to explain the requirement for one to be a faithful and wise steward. I like that. One must be both. You just can't be one. You can't be faithful and not wise, and you can't be wise and not faithful. You must be faithful and you must be wise. I love that because I was reminded as I was studying uh, that those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth, not just in spirit. And not just in truth. You must worship him both in spirit and in truth. There are two requirements. God's not looking for just a faithful servant. We must be wise as well. By asking who is the faithful and wise servant, the Lord causes us to focus on a self-examination. Are we faithful? Are we wise? Are you checking yourself out? What is faithfulness in a man? What is required that a man be faithful? Okay, well, to me, Remember the verse where it talks about that, um, depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. I believe the way that God knows us is when we obey him, when we do what he tells us to do. I'm not required to pastor a church. I'm not required to be a doctor, a dentist, a candlestick maker or whatever. I'm required to do what I've called to do. I run my business. I have a roofing company. We do residential roofing. Uh, guy roofing seven weather no <laughs> but I am required to do that faithfully as unto the Lord well as unto the Lord what does that mean it means we do a good job for the customers it means we honor the customer it means that we say we what we're going to do we're going to do it and we're going to do it well it means I honor my employees okay and that's me being faithful in what God has given me I'm a married man that means I'm faithful in my marital relationship. I'm not running around all over town. I'm faithful to my wife. We have been in love for 47 years. Thank you, Jesus. And she still loves me. I married up. I chose wisely. Thank you, Lord. And so that's another area where I'm being faithful. And how about this radio show? I don't know. This may be my third year. I know I've never missed the show. Uh, they may have canceled one time or something happened. I'm not sure. But I come. I come all the time. I don't miss any shows. I'm faithful in the show. It's Karen nods ahead. Good girl. Hallelujah. 
And then we have a Bible study. We are faithful in the Bible study. We have Thursday night prayer meeting. We are faithful in the Thursday night prayer meeting. We are faithful in what God has told me to do. I don't try to do what makes other people famous. I don't try to do what other people are doing. God has called me to do what I'm doing. I will be faithful doing it. Not only will I be faithful, I will be doing it wisely. One of my favorite scriptures is uh, Proverbs 2, 6, right? God gives wisdom. His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. Isn't that fabulous? His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. You know, the Bible says husbands dwell with their wives according to knowledge and understanding. Uh, let's see. His every word is its own treasure of knowledge and understanding. That means basically, Ron, love your wife according to what's been written, according to the knowledge in the word. And so as we live by the word of God, we're able to be wise in the things that we do. I love being wise. God gives wisdom. His every word is its own treasure. Some people are hunting for gold. Some people are mining for silver. I'm a miner in the gold field of God's word. Hallelujah. I want the treasure of the word. Hallelujah. I need wisdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So God's looking for a faithful servant, and he's also looking for a wise servant at his return. So that brings the question up. Then what are you a ruler over, or what have you been given charge over, or what is your household, air quotes, as it is written We all have some sort of ministry, whether it's at work or a public ministry or even at home, minding the children. Whatever God has given us, we must be doing it as unto the Lord, according to the times and the seasons. Colossians 3.23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and don't do it to impress men. In my life, that means my household is me and my wife in our home. It also means our Bible study. I talked about that, our business. It also takes in the outreaches the Lord has given us, the radio show, other smaller outreaches. I need to be faithful to them all, and I need to be doing them in God's wisdom, hardly as unto the Lord. I like how King David rules the people of Israel. This is great. Psalm 78 and 72. So David fed them according to the integrity of his heart, and he guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. That is a fabulous scripture. I learned that when we were teaching husbands how to be the head of their homes. They need to do it according to the integrity of the heart. If your heart lacks integrity, it means you're not saved. You need to get born again. The Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Hallelujah. I like my heart. Yes, in Noah's day, the heart, the Bible says, the heart of man is continually wicked before God. Well, when you get born again, you get a new start, you get a new heart. Now, my heart, I believe, is perfect in God's sight. Now, my mind may get a little screwy, my flesh may get out of control now and then, but my heart wants the things of God. I can trust my heart because that's the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit of God. He leads me and he guides me in the way that I should go. But that's what it means to me to go ahead and be feeding my household, to be guarding my household, to be faithful. The implication behind that verse is just basically be about doing the business that you've been doing. You're not stopping what you're doing because the Lord's return is imminent. There were people that quit paying their rent because there were some false dates given when the Lord was coming back. So they quit paying their bills. They went out and they bought new cars on credit and everything. Well, the Lord didn't show up. And guess what? 
Those people lost their houses. They got their cars repossessed. You got to be wise. That's why it says you must be faithful and you must be wise. Yes, I know he's coming. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I am not going to stop living, go in a cave and become a monk because I know that he's coming. I will be faithful and I will be wise. That's how I chose to allow the Lord to use me as I care for the people that he's put in my sphere of influence. I choose a heart of integrity. Those God has given me to feed and to shepherd know they can trust me. I also take a hands-on approach in how I care for them. I don't delegate. I join in their lives, bringing truth and wisdom as I partner with them to serve God as a team. A very important part of Scripture is the menu changes because he says, uh, give them meat in their season. Today, the season is the advent of the Lord is around the corner. That means we are telling them about the return of Christ. We are warning them about the dangers from the apostasy in the last days. The meat that we're feeding them is warning signs. We are reading scriptures from Jude, from Jesus, from Peter, from Paul, from John that warn us against what's false because in these last days, the false will be everywhere. Well, I think we're going to finish next week. I'm excited. I appreciate you listening to. I'm really having a good time. I get to teach this all over again in our Bible study. We're only up to verse 11. We love you. God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you. I speak life and grace and obedience over you. Read your Bibles in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.